1: Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got Nick Smorelli with me. What's going on, Nick? How are you? Hey, hey. how are you doing, Brett?
0: Well, it's good to be with you. You are in the great state of Indiana over in Indianapolis. I am. I am. Where You guys are getting crushed with, uh, with rain today. We've got a good sunshiny day, so oh, Hoosiers go. for the oh. win. That means it's it's coming your way, right? Yeah, that's the inevitability. We're always twenty about 24 hours uh, yeah. behind you guys. That's right. That's right. Well, you are the
1: CEO of Goodell Net, and you are the podcast host of Zero Excuses. And uh, we go back a few years and uh, it's just awesome to be with you. So well, we're going to do something unique today. You've got your podcast, like I said, Zero Excuses. I've got the circuit of success. We both are CEOs of companies and we're going to talk leadership. We're going to talk life, uh, maybe throw it up on your podcast, throw it up on my podcast and we'll have some fun, right?
0: Yeah, I like it. I like I like mixing it up. Everyone always, again, I feel like sometimes you're on the question side, sometimes you're on the receiving side. Let's mix That's it up right. and see how I do. Doing we're we're going to see.
1: We may just botch this whole thing and not put it on any podcast. You never know. That's the best part
0: about it is is nobody will know this even happened if it's, if it's garbage. <laughs> exactly. so. Just be the two of us. Exactly.
1: Well, man, I was going to start with this and uh, I think, you know, we're both leaders of great uh, great companies. Um, you guys at GoodellNet, uh, us at, uh, myself at Visionary Wealth Advisors and uh, you guys are one of the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies. We just got one of the top uh, registered investment advisors, RIAs, top 300 in, in, in America, so both just, you know, young great companies uh, doing a good job and I think it's around people but I think leadership is so important. So my question I want to start with you, Nick, is you know, why do you love leadership
0: so much? I, uh, it, it's funny um, because there's certain days that it's, it's hard and it's frustrating and, and I go to bed wondering uh, and, and envying people who are in individual contributor roles but 99% of the time, um, it's this ability, I think, with which to extend your reach that it's bigger than yourself. Uh, you know, I think an individual can come in, kind of work and do amazing things for eight hours a day, contribute 40 hours a week. But my ability sitting, sitting in a kind of a CEO role is I, uh, I've got 120 people as part of the company. And, you know, for me, what gets me out of bed in the morning is this opportunity to make 120 people Uh, work better work smarter uh, enjoy the place that they go to and all of a sudden my impact is 40 hours a week times 120 versus Mm. 40 hours a week times one and uh, that to me kind of speaks to kind of why I love doing what I do um, is because I I, I, truly you have the opportunity to kind of shape I mean such a big part of people's lives and and I think that's the most humbling and exciting part of, of what I get to do
1: yeah Well, it's cool, and even to take that even further, I mean, it's, that's 120 people that work in your company, but you also have you know spouses and children and, and you know and I, I think about that a lot around Christmas time, you know, as a leader of yeah, it's just it's us and the people we work with, but you also have Christmas presents underneath a tree, right? And I oh, yeah. think that if you can play one small percent of, of role in knowing that somebody's working their butt off at your company. Right. You're part of their family deal, right? We all grow up, right? I was blessed with mom and dad and had, you know, Christmas presents and all that stuff. But you really go back to where it started. It's back to the paycheck they got from the company that my dad worked at and, and so on. So,
0: uh, you know,
1: there's hundreds and hundreds of
0: people, right? And so, if you're like us, we have a
1: lot of people, a lot of kids in our firm.
0: I, uh, and again, we, we try to kind of celebrate that as a company is, is recognizing that people are more than just this kind of worker bee that comes in. And again, you mentioned Christmas, and I think that's obviously the most kind of tangible thing, but you get, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's five Oh five, you're done with your work day. And how does dad or mom feel when they come home? Yeah. Um, and again, I think we all experience it those days where, you know, you're two steps removed from your kids. Cause you're thinking about something, you're stressed about work. And, you know, for me, I also have the opportunity to shape how that person shows up after work, uh, And and for me, if they're in a good place to work and they just spent nine hours doing something that they loved, you know, I think that that for me says that they're probably going to be a pretty darn good parent or spouse when they get back home. That's
1: right. That's right. So, w- when you think about your company, I mean, how much time are you spending as a leader? Because we have a lot of leaders that listen to this podcast, as I'm sure yours as well, is, is the visioning part of it. So, um, you know, obviously with a firm called Visionary Wealth Advisors, we like to think about vision and dreaming yeah. and strategies and all those things for our clients and for ourselves. But I mean, how much time are you spending on vision versus day-to-day you know, operations
0: of what's really going on inside GadelNet? Yeah. So, again, I think I think much like work-life balance, I feel like vision, again, I, I wish I had one of those kind of beautiful calendars where I, I really kind of parse out time to say, this is truly my vision time. This is my yeah. truly my kind of more integrator tactical time. But I feel like it's, it's almost, I feel like a, I craft a lot of our company vision through meetings and engagements with clients or individual kind of conversations that I have with employees or following up on XYZ. So, for me, I feel like a lot of my uh, vision time is kind of peppered out through the day. Um, you know, looking at uh, the way that we run our organization, we, we follow the EOS traction model, yep. um, which I'm sure- Great book, by the way. Yeah, one of my favorites. Again, people always ask what my favorite book is and I would that's, that always uh, hits the top five. And you know, for me, we have uh, as part of an organization, we're kind of building out truly that visionary and then that integrator who really kind of helps make the reality of that vision. Right now, I sit in both roles um, and slowly but surely kind of building up uh, my future leaders to really take on that integrator role. So, I, I, I do hold that visionary role. The perk, um, and, and again, I'd, I'd be curious to kind of hear your thoughts about how it changes because you have the skill sets to do what you uh, deliver. So, you probably have clients that you work with. I can't fix a computer. I uh, I do some <laughs> consulting, but if somebody asks me to fix my computer and my computer doesn't work, I freak out like every other normal person. Right. Um, my background is not in technology, um, and so one perk that I have is ignorance. I, I can't I can't deliver what we sell, yeah. and for me that forces me to sit more in the visionary role. And so I guess I, again, if for the sake of of making this confusing, uh, I'll throw the question back at you: is kind of how do you How do you manage both the the part of running the company, which is very tactical, the visionary part of the company, and then still, in some capacity, having the ability with which to serve clients? I guess how do you how do you balance those three?
1: Yeah, a great question. I think the 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 biggest thing is I do really focus on my calendar, and and so for gosh, probably the last fifteen years, I've had at least an hour and a half a week where it's just me. Uh, my black journal and uh, an hour and a half of thinking. And so I'll sit down and it's hard sometimes, right? To just sit down and say, what in the heck am I going to do for an hour and a half with a blank piece of paper? But, you know, I use Siri for that and write down a lot of things in reminders and reminders. And so it'll fill that time pretty quickly and it becomes a habit. But I think as a leader, it's really, really important for for us to slow down so we can speed up, right? Slow down so I can think about this thing that's that we want to have happen and think about that yep. thing that we want to have happen. And then we did an uh, exercise, I guess, gosh, May of of last year, so May of 19 with our executive leadership team. And we all came to to the meeting with, you know, 10 or 12 or 15 things that we thought we did every single day, right? From whether that's a client meeting or doing this or doing that. And then we wrote them down, right? I delivered what my 10 or 12 things were. And then then we all were quiet and then each team member went around in their own time, maybe 10 minutes and thought, okay, what do I want Brett as a CEO? What do I really want that person to do? What do I want Brett to do? And so for me, it was great feedback that I can go through really quickly here in my list and know that here are the 10 things that I want to do, but here are the top three of my 10 roles as a CEO, right? And so when you look at that, it's funny uh, the three things they wanted me to do were my first, second, and fourth thing that I wrote down.
0: Hmm. Okay, and
1: so uh, it was nice because now if I'm not doing that one thing, because I have, uh, you know, the the co-founder and and president of our firm is Tim Hammett. He's got you know strengths yep. that are that are my weaknesses, and and vice versa. So you kind of could have that struggle sometimes. Well, gosh, Tim's over here doing that. I'm not doing that. Is he gonna think I'm not working? But then I'm yet I'm over here. You know, and yep. I don't think he has that feeling. So it's just it's just that weird feeling, right? But when I got told from my team these are the three things that you want me to do, I was un- I was able to unleash that stuff and say, okay, that's Tim's role, or that's yep. Kate's role, or Ryan's role, and just let go of it, right? Wash my hands of that, and say, here's what my team knows I'm uniquely qualified to do, and that's what I want to do. And then I color coordinate my calendar. And if I see some of the things are missing, whether it's client meeting time, whether it's talking to advisor time, whether it's talking to potential advisors or doing community work, then those things, and I, I know each person I need to go talk to inside the company to make sure more of that color is on the calendar. Does I like color sense? coding.
0: Yeah, no, again, I love the color coding uh, methodology and I think- um again, people always ask kind of how do you balance those things? And I think I probably go uh, probably air too far on the side of gut, less so on the side of kind of a little bit more pragmatic, which seems like you've done that. I think the exercise that you did, I think was exceptional. Um, And so I'll kind of reiterate kind of how important it is. And, and for me, I think that clarity, it's, it's amazing to me how people kind of falsely believe that they're obliged to get certain things done or they think that, that people are finding value in them doing something. And then you have kind of that open, honest conversation saying, hey, you're right. essentially doing my job or in some way I get less job satisfaction because you're, you're stepping into this. Um, yep. The reality is, I think if there's, if there's one thing that I've kind of figured out and when I have kind of, I would say more candid conversations with my team is they want me doing less. Um, which is a a weird feeling. Um, I feel like as type A people that have gotten to the roles that we are, especially for two organizations that have grown as fast as we have, where for me, the success of the organization at one point was how many hours could I put in? And the more I worked, the more we were better. And now I feel like that we've gotten to a critical mass. It, it's, it's almost kind of the less I work, the more my team feels empowered to do better things. And there's yeah. people that are smarter than me doing things. So yeah. I'm, I'm not yet comfortable with that. And so for me, you mentioned the top three things. Yeah. I find often um, as a leader in terms of kind of where I fail is I find value and look at, the, I just did 15 things. Look how great I am. Right. And the reality right. is team doesn't want me doing 15 things. They want me doing yeah. three yeah. and do those three things really well.
1: No, you're exactly right, and I think I I struggle with it as well. Like if I slowly started to remove myself from certain meetings, well, it's like, gosh, what what is somebody thinking, or what are what is an advisor thinking if I'm yes. not at that meeting? And it's like, well, no, because the experts are at that meeting, right? Yeah, I'm over here doing this thing that I'm an expert at. They need to be doing that what they're an expert. And I, and I think hiring the right people. Right? I mean, I look at our team, our executive team, I look at our advisors and I just did a role the other day. It's something like 635 years of experience is our, just our advisors. You know, 21 plus years is the average 10 year for an advisor inside of our firm. And, and, and I look at that as they need to have the platform, which is what we're designing and building. So that's the chassis they run on to where then they can go out and do what they're doing and be experts at that right and so it all comes back together and I think you're right as I've had advisors tell me I want you doing less uh, okay. which actually creates you
0: to do more so uh, it's it, interesting. It, it, it's a weird feeling and and again I'm still again I think this is the the joys of you mentioned we're an Inc 5000 company so we've we've on that list I think it's seven or eight years you would think I would know that nice. by now but in a row so um, and again I, I joke that it impresses my mom more than anybody else but <laughs> I, I do think it, it's it poses this it's happened the transformation has happened so fast that you know, where I feel like at all times my team and especially myself are kind of always kind of running to catch up to how do you operate under a 120 person organization versus last year we were a 90 person organization versus the year before we were 50. So, um, how do you, how do you continue to operate and and how does my job shift? And it seems to happen faster than I'm even ready for.
1: Well, I think it's, and it's, you bring up a good point. And so something I used to struggle, I still struggle with is, is I used to be in a culture where it was me, And then I was a leader, I was what's called a managing director and I could, you know, I could go get a drink of water and walk down the hallway and touch everybody in the firm, right? High five, hey, what about the Cardinals or what's going on here, right? You just have that quick little water cooler talk and three minutes, as you know, can be pretty impactful with people for you and for them. and and, But now, you know, we're at seven locations in five states. You've got Indianapolis, you've got St. Louis. How are you driving culture and how are you staying connected to people to when you're in Indianapolis today that, you know, there's not some, you know, party and ping pong tournament going on at Goodell Net (laughs) in St. Louis, right? I mean, yeah, obviously you hire great people, that stuff doesn't happen, but what, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, throwing, throwing COVID and I, I technically speaking, I have 120 branch locations at this point yeah, where, where that's everyone's, true. Yeah. everyone's working from home. So, it, it, it's 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 weird and I, I do miss the days where I could walk into a single room and kind of give just a pulse of, all right, look around and, you know, right. I've got two stressed out faces. I got four happy faces. Uh, all right, so I think we're doing okay. Um, right. And so, for us, we've, we've had to be really thoughtful about it. And again, throw COVID into the mix and you've got to even be more pragmatic about it. Um, in terms of, of again, kind of how do I schedule my day? So I believe there's a, a tool that I use uh, called the rule of five, which is again, kind of the five things that have to happen every day. And it's, it's, it's broad enough that it, it flexes based on kind of specific needs. But one of them is having have a proactive engagement with at least three employees. And that is this is, we're not working on a project together. I'm just checking in and seeing how you're doing. And I do that every day. So three employees, um, that means every 40 business days, I've talked to every single person. So I, I get a little awesome. bit of a pulse, I would say much, a little bit more manually. Um, we actually use a, a survey tool called Tiny Pulse. Um, so again, this shouldn't surprise you that we use technology to, to do things, given what we do. But um, every two weeks, we just have a survey that goes out. And you know the, the last one was a, a good touchy-feely one, which is why do you love your job? But the... Uh, the, the, the one that came out today was do you have the, the tools and resources to be effective when working remote or what do you think of the CEO and what do you think of the strategy and, and what's one thing you would change about GoodellNet and you know for and us. How that often are you been, sending that out? What's
1: that? How often are you sending that out? Did you uh, say every that? two weeks. Every two weeks okay.
0: Yep so we used to do every week um, and one of the things that I as a CEO still do um, sometimes to the chagrin of my executive team is I am actually the one who replies to, to some of those notes and for me, that's my connection to the team. That's and right. we publish that data. So again, how happy are you at work? Um, it's a zero to 10 rating and we publish it so that everybody sees it. So you see, again, hopefully you're biased towards the, the upper ones, but you see the few right. that are that are unhappy and, and and we use that tool. It's an anonymous survey tool and I can engage them and say, you know, where, where are we falling short? And So if it's publish- Johnny
1: in the corner that says he's a two on a scale of one to 10, you don't know
0: it's Johnny. I don't know it's Johnny and okay. I wish I did. Um, yeah. That would make my job a lot easier. But... Um, and the system actually allows me to engage with them. And yeah. we go back and forth and they say, you know, we've really missed a mark on XYZ. And uh, I think it's, it's helped save people's happiness at the organization. I think it's probably saved quite a bit of turnover. Um, last year, we were at, I think, 97 point something percent retention, both voluntary and involuntary. And I think I, I, I credit Tiny Pulse for a lot of that. Um, and I think more than that, it, it relieves me as the CEO of the one who has to come up with all the ideas um, and the executive team and the leadership team really kind of use the data there and say, you know, this is a frontline service desk engineer who's saying we're really dropping the ball here. And it helps shape, you, you mentioned kind of when do I spend my time kind of ideating and coming up with the vision for the company. I, those, are, those are the ways that I come up with that. And, you know, for me, it, it gives me a little bit of reprieve for saying I got to know everything that's going on in the company, but I just listen to employees. Yep. Um I'm just the guy that implements it and finds the capital with which to make the ideas happen. So I, uh, I would say that makes my job a little bit easier.
1: Well, I think too, people value their voices being heard, right? Oh no,
0: that's no question. If
1: you say it, it's just, oh, that's just the CEO saying that. So of course he's going to say that,
0: but it's like, oh, this was my idea. This is the gospel now, right? I mean, it's like, this is, this is the real deal. Yeah. I think it's neat. I think it's neat to say I've put an idea in. And even if it's something as simple as like, I I really want Twizzlers in the break room. Um, I've got to take that one just as seriously as, you know, we're fundamentally missing a communications opportunity from the CEO where it's much more grander. I've got to take them all seriously because um, the Twizzlers person probably has another big idea that they're holding tight onto until they know and can trust the system. So. Um, that's one of many that we've tried to do in terms of just kind of keeping that connection. Tell us, and,
1: I didn't do a very good
0: job of this in the opening, uh, GoodellNet. Tell us, you know,
1: who you are, what you guys do, and and how you serve clients.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, GoodellNet, we are a outsourced IT consulting company. Um, we are focused specifically on small business. So, give or take 500 employees and less is kind of the niche that we're in. Um, And the reality is the vision that we have for each of our clients is they use GoodellNet from that frontline, hey, my computer's not working, I can't log in all the way up to we're going to grow. We need to figure out a way to be more effective. We're heading into COVID and we realize that we have not uh, embraced digital technology as much. Help us navigate that. So, yeah. everything from the really kind of high level strategic vision stuff that we had talked about all the way down to Susie's computer doesn't work. Yeah. Um, well,
1: yesterday it wasn't Susie but it was Robin's computer didn't work. My assistant and she said Net was in there. They had the, she's like, it was unbelievable. She's like, I took a picture of it. She's like, there was like 38 little screws inside the computer and it was taken apart. The guy plugged one thing in, got it back to working. we were able to get all the, the data off the computer. We therefore then bought a new computer, get it on, we're good to go. So, it was awesome. So, hey,
0: good. Hats off it's to really you guys. for good work you had a bad experience.
1: In, in all uh, transparency, we are clients of Net, So, we are, uh, uh, that's how we've connected. So, we're happy with the work you guys do. So, we appreciate that. Um, so, uh, appreciate you sharing about GoodellNet, but where, where do you find your energy? I mean, the, the, the few times, you know, we've had lunch and, and talked on the phone different times, but I mean, you're always high energy, right? You, you seem like you're a positive guy and, yep. uh, where do you, where do you find your energy? Where do you get your energy from?
0: So, again, I think for me, um, really, I think what I, I, I deem as success, what do I deem as, um, kind of energy inducing is this ability with which to be impactful, um, and I say that as, as a father, as a spouse, as a, um, I do long distance running, um, kind of long distance endurance stuff. And then obviously as a business leader, um, you know, for me, my energy comes from somebody's life or something is different because I had a part in it. Uh, and I feel like for me, that's what really just kind of drives my, my energy is, um, again, I, I don't think we need to get too existential in this conversation, but in terms of, you know, really like you, you look at yourself and say, have I made a, have I made an impact in my life, and you know to me um it's very tangible in the humans that you create um, and it's very tangible in the business that you create yep. and and so for me, growth as a company yes it's 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 great. I am no longer driving a five year old Honda Civic back and forth and staying on the bottom bunk of one of the other owners like yes, growth has now allowed me to make an income um, which is which right. is nice That's but cute. but growth for me and and really what drives my energy um is is the fact that, you know, again, 120 people have a better place to work. Uh, we support, I think it's just over 10,000 end users now. So 10,000 end users, with any luck, are working with the best IT company in the world. And we're not perfect. Gosh, we make mistakes. But, sure. um, you know, for me, I think uh, that ability is is what gets me up at night. It just or gets me up in the morning, excuse me. Um, is is And that's really what kind of drives why i do what i do and why i find it so hard to sometimes break away because i feel like this is about as, as good as it gets yeah
1: but what was the 22 25 year old nick that same way though i mean i'm assuming because you don't just wake up and become ceo and then get energy right so yeah. then it's uh what what was that driving force even back then
0: that's a good question and and again i've i've always been um Again, I think I think it's a product of my parents who were a product of their parents who are both immigrants. So they were very big on, you come to this country and you succeed. And as a result, yeah. that they've kind of passed that on to me, less so of the kind of the immigrant um, variety, but more of the, hey, this is kind of what we've learned. And so I- I've always felt, and my parents have always kind of instilled this idea of if you're given certain gifts and you're not using them, you're missing out. Um, and, and you've really missed the mark, which is why that impact thing is so important to me. So again, it's why as a 38 year old, I still run as long as I do is because I can. And, um, and so I've always been kind of that way in terms of, I always wanted to be impactful at at Ingersoll Rand. I was the youngest director, um, that they've ever had. And it's a 40,000 person organization. So, you know, I I feel like at all times I've always wanted to be bigger than myself. And I've kind of always put myself in bigger shoes and, and then really just kind of hope to fit, to, to fill them. And um, again, I, I think much of the chagrin of my wife sometimes where I feel like I'm always kind of chasing something yeah. bigger. I, uh, I feel like it's one of those things where that's really kind of always driven me a bit is, is how, how how long and hard and, and big can I go? Yeah. How big of an impact can you make? So you've
1: mentioned endurance running a couple of times. So yeah, uh, I know you've run some crazy long runs, I believe from what uh, what I've heard. So talk to me about that. What, you, what kind of runs are you doing? Give us a little lay the land
0: there. Yeah. So for me, again, like I, I, uh, I was actually supposed to be doing a hundred mile race in steamboat uh, in a few weeks, but that was actually just recently canceled. Oh, yeah. um, so thanks to COVID. I actually just got back yeah. from Colorado two weeks ago um, and we did kind of a few days in a row of, of running 30 or so miles a day. We did a uh, one run that uh, ran across four different mountains um, and spent Whew. some time in the middle of nowhere doing that. We just kind of wanted to hide away from you say, we you got like a group of buddies that does that. I do. You? I do. Yeah. And, and again, going back to kind of, I, I think kind of a fundamental part of success is surrounding yourself with people that always seem to challenge you. And, um, I've been very lucky, even in Indiana where you're not talking about the Mecca of personal health and, yeah. uh, mountains and, and long distance running. That's much more kind of culturally a West coast or, uh, you know, specific parts of the East coast thing, but, um, have managed to find a really good friend group that I, uh, Again, if you go out for a 10-mile run, they'll, they'll say, you know, why did you go so short or it's you know, <laughs> embarrassing. So I, uh, I'm, I'm very lucky to have them. I that, am not I'm in that good. group, by the way. <laughs> I, uh, again, I, I sometimes yearn for different friends, um, yeah. maybe golfers, yeah. maybe people that like kind of Netflix binge watch. That, that, sounds, that sounds great some days. But, um, so I've done that. I've, again, I've done a, a bunch of 50Ks and then a bunch of 50 milers. Um, so for me, I've, I've, I don't know what it is about long-distance running that gives me peace. Um, perhaps it doesn't hurt as much um, in that short-term so it's kind of sprinting right. through a 5k. I'll use that as my use, but it, and I've done Ironman uh, triathlons. I've done a ton of half Ironman triathlons. So for me, I've, I've geez. always liked that long distance endurance part. Um, well, that's and, awesome. That's a full-time job training. I well, And I like, Oh, well, I try and, and I feel like that's, it goes back to like, I like proving that I can still be a dad of three kids. I can still run a business and I can still do this and I can still be married. Um, again, that's the zero excuses part. So, just giving you a heads up in terms of what kind of what my podcast is about yeah. is that there's always time to do things. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I, again, I make it work. I wake up early. I get it done. Um, and there's certain things I kind of have to give up along the way to make it happen. But I, I like that part of, of myself and it gives one more thing. Again, if you're having a bad day at work, you can always have a good run. If you have a right. bad run, you can always have a good day at work. It just kind of helps you flex a bit more.
1: So, what time are you going, uh, going to bed at night? and What time are you getting up in the morning?
0: Yeah, so again, I'm pretty, I'm pretty religious uh, about my 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 bedtime. So generally speaking, it's ten or ten fifteen where I'm I kind of upstairs. I read for fifteen minutes. Um, I am a tech guy who hates uh, tech, like any sort of audible or kind of ebooks. Like yep. I like the tangible something in my yep. hands, like to read. And then I go to bed. And then I'm up anywhere between kind of four thirty and five thirty to get my workout in. Kids wake up by six thirty, and I uh, I kind of slog myself through the day. That's
1: awesome, man. Have you read David Goggins' book? Uh, Can't Hurt Me. Yes. He's fantastic. I, yeah. uh, I'm reading it right too now. Much about, I'm probably 85% of the way done. And I'm like, man, I feel like such
0: a loser. I mean, like, this guy is just doing things. He's just a beast. He is. And what I, again, I think for me, uh, that book, and I, I'd be curious to hear kind of what, what your, your thoughts were of the book. But for me, again, I thought it's too much, um, in terms of, okay, you're, 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 you're I mean, I feel man. like there's a, it's okay. I get it. I get it. Yeah. You, you do 5,000 ups in 24 hours or something right. like that. But, um, what I liked about it the most is kind of this general philosophy is, is we have this kind of mentally imposed governor on our, our lives where we think I can't do anymore. And I always use the analogy of kids and you've got kids, but where, when I had one kid with my wife, we thought, actually, heck, when we had no kids, man, right. we are busy. And then right. we have one kid and we're like, cannot get busier than this. Then you have three and you're like, how did I fit that in? And you do. Right. And so- it, it, the reality is there's there's self-imposed limitations that I think we put on ourselves. And I, what I love about David Goggins is sure he goes way past that threshold. But to say that if you can push yourself a few percentage points past what you think you're capable of, you'll surprise yourself. Yep. And I guess I like that book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm struggling with it. I'm like I said, I'm about 85% of the way through, and I've I've slowed down on my. I I do 10 pages a day religiously, but I'm on yep. to another book as well. I will finish the book, and I'll finish it by the end of the month. But. It is. I'm at the point where like, oh my gosh, like, okay, you've beat into my brain now how much pain and endurance you've gone through. (laughs) I get it. I can't do that. Uh, But I will say, I say I can't do it. But even in my workouts or my runs or riding a bike or something now, it it does make me think, okay, of David Goggins, I'm only at 40% of my capacity, right? I can go longer, right? To your point of, oh, 10 miles, why did you run such a small amount? Where in my brain, where I've calloused my brain to think if I went and ran 10 miles a day, that's a massive victory for me. Correct. Right. And I just
0: haven't gotten there yet. So I'm trying to open my, my, my deal up to that. So, um, so what's yours, I guess, what's your, again, I, I you know, for me, like, you know, I'll, I'll talk about my wife cause it's easier and it's more personal, but you know, for her, it's, you know, she's running a half marathon Like for her, it's, can I run 15 miles? And that's kind of her next thing. For me, it's, can I run North of a hundred K, which I've never run longer than that. So it's, you know, what's yours, what's your, what's your, What's your, uh, that, that few percentage points over comfort in, in the uh, athletic world? Can I play 36
1: holes instead of 18 holes? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm a big golfer. I love to play golf. But
1: no, it, it really is like getting to the point where like instead of going out for like a two mile run, literally, I'll kind of my process is I'll go out do a, I'll, you know, I'll kind of walk the dog and do that stuff and probably go on a three or four mile walk while I'm on conference calls. This is during this whole COVID thing, right? So, I'm like instead of sitting in my basement yeah. or sitting somewhere in the house on a on a conference call, I'm gonna walk. And so, I'll go walk. I've, I've probably done anywhere from three miles to seven mile walks every day, I shouldn't say every day, but six days a week, probably five days mm-hmm. a week uh, during COVID uh, on conference calls to your point, checking in with advisors, checking in with staff, seeing how everybody's doing, uh, doing all that. And then I'll run, you know, one or two miles, you know, sometime throughout the day uh, in there as well. And then I usually do like either stretching or a strength exercise. I use the Peloton app because my my okay. bike, my Peloton bike is at the office. Well, so now I'm just, you know, wasting my money on the Peloton because I'm not with it. But anyway, so I use the app all the time, um, big believer in meditation, but you know, yep. so now it's going instead of doing it for five minutes, let's, let's double it to 10 minutes, right? And do that it's every big. day. And yeah. for me, you know, like uh, jokingly say, it's, it's not a joke, but you know, having ADD and kindly b- bouncing around the room, you know, I yep. can't even sit still during a podcast, but um, you know, to sit down and just kind of focus and breathe and try to narrow my mind, like right here, right now, during meditation 10 minutes was hard at first but now it's it's getting easier so then you hear people that talk about doing that for 30 minutes or an hour and I'm like oh my gosh I just I couldn't imagine right now doing that so uh but it is that whole David Goggins thing the whole COVID thing it's like just go that next step I don't know if you follow Jesse Itzler at all on social media or Chad Wright uh, he's a former Navy SEAL he was on my podcast Chad was and you ever heard the last man standing in Tennessee I have yeah and so he just did that and he won it um, the guy, and he was on my podcast before all this, so I've been following him. But just seeing a guy like that, its it, I think they ran for 30 hours or 32 hours or something yeah. crazy like that. And it's just, he was the last man standing. And so, when I'm out there with myself and my limiting beliefs, it's like, look what these people are doing. The human body can endure that, right? We will yeah. not die you could. Um, but, you know, if we just tell ourselves it's okay and keep going, keep going, keep going, next thing you do, I'm doing what you're doing and acting like a half Man's nothing. And so, yep. it's, uh, it's wild, man. It's crazy to me.
0: I, I, I love, I mean, again, I think athletics are so much more tangible. And, and again, I think, uh, again, if, if you look at your, you're my listeners, you're probably a mix of people that can resonate with running and then others that cannot. But, you know, for me, just the general philosophy of, uh, of being a percentage point at a better you know, week over right. week. I mean, just the, the impact is so big. And, and for me, it's always that challenge to others and myself is to say, am I getting just a little bit better? And again, I'm 38 and I feel like I've gotten better every year. And that's not, that's not too bad. Um, that's not just, bad it's at gonna all. Reflect upon yourself and say, Do You log that? Are
1: you like? If you went out today for a twenty mile run, do you log the the miles, the time, and just and keep your
0: stats, or what do you do? Yeah, yeah. So again, I use I use technology to do that. So I I, again, I have Final Surge is a a app that kind of stores it all for me, and then Garmin is kind of my preferred kind of metrics. So yeah, so I use that, and that kind of helps. helps get it done. Although Garmin has a new feature where it kind of gives you an idea. They say you're productive or unproductive or, and so it's currently saying I'm unproductive um, mm. because I've taken a few days uh, less than I normally was. So, so Garmin's on my, my do not like list at this point. Cause I'm like, is <laughs> not like a thing. watch that
1: you wear. So you wear something. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, on the watch. Like, just,
0: like, it literally just says the word unproductive right now. And yeah. I'm like, what do you know? Watch. Yeah. Um, be quiet. So, yeah. But, uh, so those are your habits and
1: rituals, right? So that answers that question that I have. I always like to know people's habits and rituals. So let's talk about non, non-athletic, non non-running. What, what are some habits and rituals? That if I followed Nick around for a couple of days, I would see, you know, without fail, you're doing, you know, one of them you mentioned calling three people a day what yeah. else?
0: Yeah. So again, part of my, my rule of five is kind of a few things. So we'll go through that. And that kind of helps the framework for how I, Perfect. how I manage my day. And, um, so for me, one of those, the second one is, is pretty basic. We, we manage everything in our company. We have two year goals, one year goals, 90 day goals, and then weekly goals. And so for me, um, every week I have to be moving forward on a, some sort of 90 day goal. So every day I, I kind of qualify that, that at least an hour has been spent on kind of those bigger, bigger tasks. True. Um, and again, I only relegate an hour. Some days it's three, but I always have to do an hour. Um, and I, I never say I need to do eight hours of it because I just know that there's certain things going to hit my plate that are unpredictable and I never want to set myself up for failure. Yeah. Um, the third one, which it's funny because I actually mentioned it during an all-company meeting once. And it, it was funny because you could tell the people that have been married with kids and those that have not is, is I, my goal is to spend 15 minutes with my wife every day. <laughs> and um, her and I, arguably, we spend more than that significantly in the same room running around right. getting kids done. But, you know, true 15 minutes every single day as we sit out. Yeah. you know, now it's nice outside. So, we have to sit outside um, and have a glass of wine or a cup of tea or something like that. And we right. tweet chat for 15 minutes. And most of the time, that's all we can spare because both her and I oh, have yeah. jobs. And But that 15 minutes is, is sacred in our house. And, and we we find that to be incredibly important. And a lot of times that 15 minutes is a lively discussion on something that happened there and sometimes we just kind of stare at each other. <laughs> right. And exactly. I value both of those equally. And sometimes um, you may hide from the kids and you never know. You're just yes. trying to like, get me away from these children. <laughs> yeah. Especially now. Right. Um, again, we're very lucky with great kids, but man, they're, they're, they're always there. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they don't go anywhere. They don't go anywhere. Um, but, but yeah, so again, we kind of, that's a, a time treasured kind of habit. And then I'm a big reader. Um, like I guess I'm kind of nerdy when it comes to that stuff. I try to read a few books a month. Um, I try to read some sort of fiction, um, some sort of business ebook, and then some sort of nonfiction. I'm kind of, I like history stuff. So I like to to read a kind of a mix of of those three types of books. And the fiction is sometimes super cheesy and basic and sure. like a John Grisham, just an easy win where you can read 100 pages in a night and feel incredibly brilliant. And then a business book that you read nine pages and feel like you're overwhelmed. But i right. um, big fan of reading. And I think I can. I think that's, Kind of helped shape my my views on the world is is yeah. kind of having using that as a as a as a f- a function for that and I don't try to waste my too much time on social media and any of those things again, I again I find myself falling into it every once in a while but really trying to f- again using concrete media uh, yeah. versus things that are flashy um,
1: yeah I'm the, I'm a big believer too in the real book like I like to highlight in the book God, and you know and and I don't read on a ipad or anything like that i just there's something about the books and collecting them and putting them in your office and and uh can i go back to them quite a bit
0: yeah i do too and I, there's nothing better either again we obviously we're not gonna be seeing each other but you know if there's a book that we discussed today there's there's very few things i love more than either taking a book that i've read and just giving it to you right. or buying you the book i just feel like there's uh again i'm i'm the son of two educators so probably i'm I've, i think i've been brought up nerdy but the you know for me i love i love the gift of a book i just yep. feel like there's again, I can buy myself most things. I'm very lucky in that capacity now, but you know, a book is it's just interesting. It's like, it Hey, I, it's a shared experience.
1: Well, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. So how do you, how do you push through difficult conversations? Cause obviously we've, you know, we've talked a lot about some successes and habits and things we do, but certainly as leaders, there are difficult conversations that you have to have. And what do you do to get yourself, you know, kind of mentally prepared for those? And then do you have any philosophies when it comes to the difficult conversation?
0: Absolutely. Um, and, and I think for me, I think it comes is, is clarifying a few things as, as I'm kind of preparing for a different conversation is, is what is my intent? Um, where is this coming from? Um, you know, is this to improve? Is this to deflect? Um, I find, again, I would I like to say I'm perfect, and I'm not. Is is oftentimes is this a chance for me to kind of deflect tension away from perhaps uh, something that I'm not doing correctly? Um, but you know, for me, is is understand the intent because I do feel like once that's clear, I think the individual receiving the you know whether it's feedback or that conversation understands yes. that my intent is pure um, and it's clarified. Um, I think uh, you know, for me, it's as I'm preparing for a difficult conversation, is making sure that the receiver is prepared for it too. Um, I, again, I think I'm an advocate for asking, hey, is this a good time? Um, would like to share some feedback with you. Um, it's me not asking permission necessarily to give feedback. Uh, I think ultimately I'm going to give it to you. Um, right. But I do think giving that person to say, hey, this is a good time for me or this is not, um, I think is is incredibly important. And then I think, again, I think finding the right words uh, to to make sure I articulate it in a way that, that allows them the chance to hold themselves accountable and then to kind of tangibly make changes. So they feel like they are, they're given an opportunity to make change. Yeah. Um, and again, I think there's, there requires some prep work. It seems very simple you know, simple as I say it out loud, but the ability with which to kind of have that dialogue and, and use the right words is big. And then what I find myself doing, and, and, and this is where I really have to prep myself. And I don't know if, if others fall into this trap is I have a trap of, Uh, I like to make jokes or liven up the situation, provide levity, or Mm. talk too much. Um, And so, a big thing for me is is planning out kind of planned silence um, to give them a chance to reflect and give them a chance to reply back. I I find myself um, trying to kind of dissipate the awkwardness of a difficult conversation. So, as weird as it sounds, as part as as I prepare for that is is making sure I remind myself the importance of of that silence. Yeah. So listening, listening is key. Yeah, and and giving them time to talk again, I think it's uh, it's one of those things where I think we're very apt to not take that right pause because pause is uncomfortable, and especially for somebody who just said, you know, uh, give you some feedback. Even what I witnessed in this last meeting, great, let them think it through. Um, you know, they're they're processing, and 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 so for me, I think giving that time is is incredibly important. And I think kind of the last thing too is is what actions am I seeking? Because I think sometimes I fall back into the trap of all of a sudden now I've got the monkey on my back to help, to help you know, solve this issue and it's not That's necessarily right. mine to solve. So, kind of providing an accountability path is big.
1: I like it. I like it. So, what are you talking about on Zero Excuses, your podcast? I mean, where, where, where do you usually like to see those things go in those conversations?
0: Yeah. So for me again, I, the zero excuses side of things is just is talking to people that uh, you know are doing big things at their business world. I mean that's kind of the the ante that gets you on the that gets you on the show. Um, but a lot of these individuals again, we had one individual who climbed all seven mountains across like the top seven mountains in every continent. Um, or they're writing a national uh, bestseller, or they start up a nonprofit while also traveling the world while also running a company. And and the zero excuses mentality is is individuals that say that there's always time to get things done. Um, yeah. and so what we spend a lot of time in the show is talking through some of the cool things that they're doing. But then more than that is, is a really a big dialogue around kind of how do they find balance? You talk a little bit about habits, and I, and I, I appreciate that part of the conversation. But more than that is, is the recognition that choosing to do 15 minutes with my wife means I've chosen to not do 15 minutes with something else. That's right. And so talking a lot about what they've given up in order to make those things happen. Because um, one of my ultimate pet peeves is is when say, people say, "Nick, you're a really lucky guy, and that's why you've been so successful." And it, it bothers me um, hmm. probably more There's than nothing to do with luck. No. And 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 again, I think for me, it's 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 the people that are that are are there it's and I like to talk about that decision point or that big moment in their life where they said yes to something um you know for me it's quitting my job making great money and you know, making basically nothing for the first few years and yeah. getting down donut off the ground like that was a big change for me um and kind of honing into some of those big decisions that I said yes where yeah. most of the population would probably have said no um and inspiring others to get those done so that's kind of the the basic context of of the show and I like it. it's been interesting I've and for me it's uncomfortable the whole podcast experience. So it's been fun to kind of practice it a bit more. Yeah. Well it's good practice for you today, right? <laughs> yeah. Well this is great. Again, although I do feel like you're doing the better job of asking questions, but I've I've well, liked I'll show your it. Questions up you so can much. ask
1: some questions too, if you want. Because I know you prepared with some questions and uh or I, I think you did. But uh yeah, you know, I'm enjoying the conversation and getting a ton out of it. So
0: Yeah, though this has been great for me. I uh again, I, I one of the things, I guess, for me, I think we'd be remiss, again, we've kind of alluded to it a few times talking about coronavirus and how that's affected us, but, um, and, and this is going to kind of sound weird, but talk to me where coronavirus has been beneficial, uh, either to your business or to you as a leader or to you as a, you know, a, a family man is kind of yeah. what, what has been the good side here? What what can we celebrate in this kind of doomy, gloomy uh, season that we're in?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question and and I will put the, uh, I'll just put the asterisk by this is that, that I know- So, when I make this comment, there has been good things coming from it but also want to be, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the bad things, right? Of course. The people that have lost their jobs and the people that have, you know, obviously lost their lives or been very, very sick with this. And so, I know you know that, right? But we got to make the disclaimer today. No, no. again, It's wrecked a lot of things, man. And it's been terrible and you look at these businesses and I feel terrible for them. But- when I look at the good, because I do, I try to find the good in every situation, even the bad. Yep. And in this COVID world, so I have four children. I have a a, a guy that today is, I dropped him off at high school for the first time ever, right, as a freshman. And, it's you crazy. know, my, my experience of taking pictures out front of school and everybody smiling, my, I think the back of it was like the back of his head and maybe like the side of his face with the mask <laughs> on, you know, like, I got one at home, but not at school. But anyway, so, you know, I've got a freshman in high school. I've got a seventh grader. I've got a fifth grader. And I've got a first grader. So, four boys. We're extremely active and in, in sports, and so you talk about the work-life uh, integration. And you know, it's for me. I take a lot of pride in the fact that I'm I'm home for breakfast every morning with the kids, and take them to school a lot of the times. And I'm home for dinner, and I'm I coach a lot of their sports, but yet try to do a lot of work, whether it's for our company, our foundation, a podcast, you know, whatever it may be. Try to get as much done as you can, and that's having great people around you. So I'm getting to your question, but point is, is that I think the slowing down. Having all these sports canceled, while I'm yep. a huge sports guy, the recalibration of our family to sit down and I mean the amount of times we've cooked out and sitting at our kitchen table, and for people that have little kids, they may not experience this yet, but like for us, it's it's a almost an every night thing for me to come home from work, eat a quick sandwich, you know, like on the run, literally, and I'll take a couple of kids and go that direction. My wife will take a couple of kids and go that direction. We get home, it's you know nine o'clock, nine thirty at night. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. Now you got to get four kids to bed, and then you get up yep. and you do it all over again, right? And I'm painting this picture that I think a lot of the people I know that listen to our show, that's what they, that's what they are, right? That's what we do. We go, we run and gun at work. We come home, you run and gun all night, and then you get up and you do it all over again, right? Yep. And I think this COVID thing, I hope, I hope to, this has really slowed down life uh, for the Gilliland family to where we've had more game nights, more grilling, more walks around the neighborhood, more bike rides. The kids are actually going outside and playing with lots of their friends um, versus, you know, coming home and going to practice or going to a game and not riding their bikes around the neighborhood. And so, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm going on and on here, but I think that's just been the biggest impact. And and then the cool thing is, is that you, you realize that you really do like your spouse you know? Yeah. And, uh, that,
0: hopefully, again, yeah, I hopefully, right. Some people otherwise. probably are
1: finding it that they don't like their spouse, <laughs> but I'm blessed to find out that I really enjoy being around my spouse and being around my kids and just having a, a great time with them. So it's a great question.
0: Yeah. Good. Again, like I said, I, I, I to your point around being, I would be dense to, to, not acknowledge kind of all the bad, but I feel like, uh, between media, social media and all these other things, Absolutely. we've certainly put a lot, we've we shined some light on that part. So let's, let's celebrate how lucky we are in, in right. some capacity and, and no matter sure. where you are. Um, kind of in the in the spectrum of things. That's right. um, talk to me a little bit more about again. I think um, you know even this kind of conversation of hey let's do this and you said yes to it. Um, talk to me a little bit more about kind of how you how you decide what things that you give your precious time to. I guess how, what's your what's your criteria for cr- saying yes or no to to things?
1: Yeah, that's um, something I've worked hard on, and I think that I've had to learn the power of no. I think um, through my almost twenty years of of experience. I had the power of yes. I always said yes to things because I just never knew where they would go. So I spent the, yep. probably the first 20 years almost of my career saying yes to a lot of things and doing a lot of uh, things for free and just who knows, right? What was going to happen and taking the lunch and you don't know. But I think as you have, you know, children involved, but lots of work uh, responsibilities and and things that you're trying to do is the power of no has become uh, something that I've been really, really focused on the last probably the last 12 months. And so um, no to those extra golf tournament or no to to this thing at work or no to that, right? You just got to say no. And for me, if it doesn't fit in the bucket of, I've got these buckets that I have. So it's family, uh, it's our firm, it's uh, my fitness and uh, fun. So those four F's. And so, uh, and I really, and I have a fifth one that I I lead with that I talk about is faith. So, you know, faith, family, fitness, fun, and firm. And if I can have those buckets, and if you're asking me to do something, I look at it now through a lens of, does it fit and move the needle in one of those buckets? Yeah. If it does, then I'll consider saying yes to that. If it does not, then I'm I'm done with the saying yes and being pulled in a thousand different directions. Because if you want to be home at dinner and you want to be at the game and you want to be at breakfast and you want to work your tail off all day long, then you can't say yes to everything. Absolutely.
0: So what makes you different? I guess, you know, looking at... Um you know, it's a lot of times I feel like I have imposter syndrome, and I feel like that's just a cliche comment about leadership. But it, but it's, but it's real. Um, where I'm like, what wow, does make me different? And I've really had had some spend some time. But I'm again, you're running a growing firm. You're you're doing a lot of the right things. Um, why you? I mean, why why isn't everybody running successful uh, financial consulting firms that are growing with seven offices um, and continue to be on these these kind of high profile awards? Like I guess why why you and what have you done that, that makes you different than others?
1: Yeah, and I say this humbly because its uh, I, I'm not very good at saying, here's why I'm different because I don't, I don't necessarily feel that I'm different. But as you're asking yeah. the question, I mean, I think the way I would answer it is, is the the discipline to do the little things right. And um, what I mean by that is I can't tell you the hundreds of people that I've coached or mentored. I do consulting on the side for business owners and different things and how many people I've talked to um, about strategic think time STt what I call it strategic yep. think time, and that hour and a half that I mentioned earlier that 's on your calendar and it 's you and this black journal that 's with me everywhere I go in an hour and a half every every single week since August of two thousand and five that 's a no miss so yep. the habit of that I think helps make me a little different right because I'm spending time with my brain. I'm thinking about the craziness of life. I'm thinking about the craziness of home life and work life and what can I do for this community project and what can I do for this person over here and what can I do for the visions that we have as a family or a firm and I'm disciplined to do that every single week without fail and a lot of times it's more than the hour and a half a week and uh, as a person that's hard charging, running and gunning all the time and just constantly chasing things is... um, it's hard to do still to this day, you know, 15 years later this month, actually. And um, I would say that's number one. Number two, you mentioned reading, um, but, but for me, it's 10 pages a day without miss. And yep. if I can do that, you know, I write these numbers down. Um, I wrote this down on May 16th of 2019. I thought, man, what are the the, the no miss things, and it's that reading. So if you read 10 pages a day, that's 3,650 pages per year, right? That's yep. 18 to 20 kind of mindset growth books per year, right? Fast forward in 10 years, that's 36,500 pages, right? If I told you, Nick, go read 36,500 pages right now, how would you feel? That's overwhelming. Yeah. Of course. Right? But to your 90 day, two year, one year, 90 day and week goals, right? You're biting bite, bite sized pieces for that two year goal. Same thing for me. I can't read 36,500 pages. That sounds overwhelming. But 10 a day in 10 years, that's about 200 business books I will have read, right? And so, again, I think that if I've read, I've averaged 25 books over the last five years. If I've read 25 books, I know you have as well, but let's say you hadn't, who's going to probably win on whatever the thing is we're reading about? If I've read 100 books and you've read none, I probably win. And so, a lot of people, I don't think, stay a student of the game very long.
0: And again, I think, again, there's so much content that comes out. Do you find yourself veering towards a specific topic? Like, do you, again, I think there's certain things I'm always working through. So I find myself veering towards kind of getting better at those things. Is there there something that you feel like is still a gap in your skill set that you find yourself kind of, inching towards when you when you pick out the next book.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's always finding that extra gear. And so that that's why I went to everybody I talked to said the David Goggins book is great. So, you know, I read that one. But right now yeah. I I just started reading and I'm I'm literally thirty pages into it. So I can't tell anything about the book, but it's called Halftime. And I can't even tell you the name of the author right now. It's terrible. But uh, the, the book Halftime and what I'm getting from it and what I've heard about it is I'm at this half point part of my life, right? Yeah. Where I've, I've spent the next the first 20 years to try to build success. Well, what's that next 20 or 30 years, God willing, look like, right? To go from success to humbly significance and what legacy do we leave behind, right? And so, I think as we age, I'm 42 years old now, you know, another 20 years, I'm 62 years old, right? And so, Uh, that's a long working career, 40 years in this business and only being 62 years old, what impact do I want to make? So, that's really where I'm at right now, I think, is I got into my 40s and now I'm seeing my oldest son go to high school. I'm at that emotional part of my life to where I'm seeing, you know, I remember walking into my freshman year of high school. I remember today like it was yesterday, walking into school with Jessica Hollander and And she's saying, do you really want to go in there? And I'm like, no, I don't want to go in there. And, and so, we joked about it. And But yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday and now I'm dropping my son off. So, you know, I look at, I have four summers left, right? Yep. Four summers left with that guy. And so, if that child does what I did, I went to college, I came home after my freshman year and I never moved back into the house. And so, I'm seeing that now as I'm starting to age with my own children in my own life, uh, That it, I'm at halftime. You know, and so I got to really think about that stuff. So I'm trying to find books like that um, to really help me with that impact. Um, the power of saying no is one of them. You mentioned that earlier, um, and then just again, mindset and growth, and what can I do to be a better leader and a better husband and a better, better father. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I actually may pick of that book. I'm I'm probably again I give or take a few years away from that, but I think there's probably a lot of value in in defining that. Yeah. And again, I'm my kids are you know of the age right now where I can't even imagine. Again, I have a lot of a lot of individuals with older kids and they can't wait to get their kids out of the house. I'm at this point, you know, trying to convince them secretly that living with mom and dad for the rest of their life is absolutely is wonderful and appropriate. Yeah. Um, and My and 10-year-old
1: and I went on a walk yesterday and he says he's gonna live in my basement forever. And I said, awesome. Perfect. Yep.
0: I'm like, great. <laughs> we'll totally build it out for you. Yeah. I, and I'm sure yeah. it'll change when they turn 18. That's right. Um, That's but right. for now, man, they, they, they've got a place with us forever. And That's I, right. uh, I, I'm, I'm anxious about that, that change.
1: That's uh, me, me as well.
0: Well, it's uh, again. I've got a few more, but I think we're hitting kind of the end of our time today. So I wanted to kind of be. I'm cognizant good if you time. are,
1: and if you want to fire away. If not, we can call it. Yeah. Day.
0: Well, I think we'll probably have to have um, either whether it's a taped conversation or a non-taped conversation. I've got about thirty more questions for you, but yeah, you I, uh, we'll have to do a. We'll have to do a, maybe a round two. That sounds good to me, man. We'll do or definitely do a round two for sure.
1: So, anything you want to close with? No, I do? let's I do one last question where we both kind of wrap around that that question. Let's ask your favorite question on there, wherever you got.
0: Sure. Um, we'll end. We'll end favorite question. Um, again, I would say, let's, let's go, this is not my favorite question, but it's the one that came to mind right now. And and so we'll, we'll use that one is, again, if, if you reflect upon your life, and I feel like as somebody who is always chasing the next biggest and best thing, I guess, where? I guess, when do you say it's enough? I guess, when do you say that you have, you have achieved what you achieved, you've hit the top of the mountain, whatever metaphor that you want to use is, yeah. when is enough enough or is that just not possible for you?
1: It's uh, a great question. I, I worked with a, a business coach for probably 14 months on that same exact <laughs> question, literally. Um, Did you get an answer? I did not get an answer. I'm terrible at it, Nick. I apologize, yeah. but yeah, I, you know, well, here's what I have learned. Again, I'm not like I'm not much older than you. I think you know, maybe what four or five years. I think is yeah you said, and and so, but what I have learned is, and as visionary grows, is I, I'm able to slow down a little bit more now and and smell the roses, right, and and enjoy. Uh, the work that we've done, right? Enjoy the hard work. And it doesn't mean obviously I'm not working hard or anything like that. I'm, I'm still, you know, driving every single day to try to you know, drive results for our, our community, our clients, um, you know, our, our firm, uh, my family. So, I don't know, man. I, I don't have a great answer for that. I, I think it's hard to know when is enough enough. And 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 I think because if you're blessed and successful with, um, you know, let's just, if we talk on the financial side, then I think, man, there's so many people in need more than, than you and I that we can make a bigger impact. So, maybe enough, maybe not ever enough because if you're giving it away and doing the right things with it and you're making a huge impact in people's lives. And so, when I have the
0: answer though, I'll let you know. If you could, yeah, just email yeah. me, text me, just let me know what the, the final answer yeah. is there. Cause I I, I've
1: one. asked that question to somebody that is extremely successful. And I thought, well, he's going to have an
0: answer for this. And he said, yeah. I don't know,
1: but I'll let you know when I get there. And I'm like, oh, it's not what Man. I was looking for. Not I'll what tell I you, it's exhausting
0: for. sometimes. So. Uh, again, there's certain times where I'm, I'm envious of people that are very comfortable where they are. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's not my mantra. And I, I believe- my success has been predicated on my, my ability to never be happy. That's right. Well, be happy with my current state, that is. I understand. But, uh, completely. but yeah, I'm always very envious of people that, that have maybe perhaps found that comfort. Yep.
1: So, I'm going to end with this. Uh, I always ask this question. So, we, uh, if you're like me, we've all put fears in our mind, right? Fear that this won't work or that won't work or this could happen or that could happen. Uh, if you're that way, I mean, how many of the fears you've put in your mind have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be?
0: I, I would say I am, uh, again, part of being a visionary, uh, There's the perk of that is you come up with these, these grand ideas and the otherwise is your brain just goes crazy with all the things right. that could go wrong, um, which is, uh, so I would say 0% have ever been as bad as I, I pictured them to be. Um, I have always been uh, an optimist, but I would say I'm also a realist of, here's the 16 things that could go wrong and I'm am I willing to manage that risk? I've That's never right. been, again, you take those little like, again, you guys give those tests out of where's your risk profile. I am not on the, the full right-hand side of a full risk taker. I'm certainly not conservative, but, um, you know, I, I, I take the time to figure out all the things that can go wrong. And, um, actually it was funny. I actually had a a conversation this morning with my partner. Um, and one of the things that I talked about is there's sometimes that I just wish um, somebody to come and swoop it up and buy us. Um, because what is if this whole thing has been lucky and you know, everything's Right, Right uh and we joked and said of course we would we wouldn't go that direction but it was very funny of just there's my brain still even with the success even with the awards even with 10 years of, of sure. really solid success my brain still thinks it's all going to fall apart tomorrow yeah and everyone's going to quit. All of our clients will leave us. And this has all been for nothing. So, um, isn't it crazy to think? So, that's why I asked
1: the question because I'm, everything you just said is exactly right. Like all these clients, these thousands of people are going to leave us and everybody, you know, it's done tomorrow, right? And it's like, no, and and that's not going to happen. And and here you are with 10,000 end users and like, you know, vision, we're all going to just get together tomorrow, all 10,000 of us who we don't even know. who (laughs) are, And we're just going to leave right? But yet in our minds, we think that, but the, everybody, just about everybody I've had on this podcast and asked that question, they're all like, what you said, zero, 0% of it blown up. So I hope when people listen to all these successful leaders, as you start to squash those ideas in your brain and what's holding you back from running the hundred mile race or starting the company or building the company or hiring that person is everything you've put in your mind is a very high likelihood
0: that's not going to happen to the magnitude you put it in your mind to be. Yep. No, no question. Well, I think it's, a, it's a, a great question and a good way to frame it out, but um, I will still have and perpetually have those, those crazy that's ideas. That's right. That's right.
1: Well, the- Nick, I've had a blast doing this, man, and I know we went longer than we thought. It absolutely flew by, but uh, enjoyed the time. Uh, check out Zero Excuses Podcast. Check out GoodellNet, uh, both online, and uh, it's been awesome being with you, man. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Brett. That was awesome. Cool. That was fun. <laughs>